The last of the great human freedoms is the ability to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance. And I can extract myself from the suffering because my attitude can trump my ego's frustration about the situation if I lock in power of my mind to choose differently. I'm going to master this thing called teaching. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to travel whatever distance. I'm going to pay whatever price to give my service of love across this planet. And I'm not going to let any human being on the face of this planet stop me, not even myself. And genius is available in all of us in the area of our highest value when we care enough intrinsically to be inspired to go after solving those problems. It's, it's waiting for all of us to do that. We can expand our awareness, consciousness, to expand who we are as beings into this new human being that we're becoming. It's the tension and the contrast that actually helps to push us through to the next level of evolution. Our cells have consciousness and so does the bacteria. So we can also tune into our bodies and, and work with our bodies more knowing that and appreciating these billions of points of consciousness. Now when that change takes place, the momentum that's created in our life from that moment on is monumental insights, the wisdom, the guidance, the direction, the spontaneous goodness, serendipity, coincidence. Things start to work together for good because we're now in a flow of our personal mind, but we're in the flow of the mind of God. Welcome to the Whole Human Optimization Show. This podcast is entirely devoted to the exploration of physical vitality, emotional well-being, and mental fitness. The intention of each episode is to help you discover your deepest truth by ending the cycles of limitation, addiction, and self-sabotage. I am your host, Ronnie Landis, and today we are going to go on a journey into the frontiers of whole human optimization. Let's go. Greetings and aloha. Welcome to the Ultimate Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host as always, Ronnie Landis, and I'm joined by one of my favorite people in the world to talk to, Mr. Coot Blackson. I think this will probably be like the fourth, maybe the fifth interview that we've done over the course of this podcast. It's been about, I don't know, six or seven years, six, let's just say six years that I, I launched this podcast. And, uh, out of over 200 interviews and they've all been they've all been amazing but Coot's been one of those people that every time I get an opportunity to talk to him uh, it always enriches my experience which is one of the benefits of being able to host a mm -hmm. podcast there is a a self-interest element in it as well I get to I get to enrich my own experience but then you know um, bring incredible people like Coot to share their insights and their perspectives with all of us and uh, there couldn't be a better moment than now to uh, have this conversation. So um, first of all, how are you doing, brother? Good, man. It's good to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, there's, there's so many things I want to dive in with you. And I suppose the first question that I'm really curious to get your feedback on or your take on is really how have you dealt with the last year or so like like what's been your personal process in other words i know with 2020 
we're in 2021, we're speedily, we're, we're accelerating towards 2022 and, and wherever that's going to take us. And we've gone through, we are going through unprecedented times. Like things are being unearthed in our culture, our world. Um, so many, you know, not just the, not just the, the COVID or the lockdown, that's all very superficial in my opinion, but everything in the world is kind of up for interpretation as far as what's real and what's not. And there's a lot of suspense. There's a lot of uncertainty. I'm curious, what's, what's been your process or how have you dealt with um, this whole situation? Yeah, you look, I think there's always been uncertainty in life. I think there will always be uncertainty in life. Uh, I think we're just being reminded in a very direct, focused, mm. intentional way. But I think throughout time, throughout history, from the beginning of time, there's been uncertainty and life is just, you know, slapping us around and shaking us down and reminding us, hey, this is the nature of this dimension. Mm. And so for me, I have a relationship uh, with this dimension and this reality where I, I, I'm not looking for utopia in this reality. I'm not looking for sort of, let's say, perfection, kumbaya, perfect bliss, let's hold hands, let's all just be in total peace together and perfection in this personality, in this body, in this reality. This is the, this is the realm for me, if we're going to talk spiritually, uh, this is the realm of Maya. This is the realm of bull bullshit. This is the realm of uh, uh, interdependent polaric opposites. That's the nature of life. It's the yin yang. It's the up down. It's the black white. It's the, it's, it's the tall. It's the tall short. It's the thin fat. It's the good bad. It's the whatever you want to call it. It's the male female. And so for me, you know, in this domain, this is what is. This is the way it is. This is this is what is in domains in this domain. So. Uh, I think over time, the more that I have uh, come to a deep understanding and, and made peace with mm. the interdependent polaric opposite nature of this reality, it's not meant to be perfect. It's not meant to be all love and light. That, that, that's, you know, that the, the depth of our being, we are love and light, perfection, wholeness, completion, beyond duality, transcendental in nature. But as human beings, we incarnate into this domain to learn, to grow, to evolve, to get shattered, to be heartbroken, to, to uh, crack open through the finite, to remember the de depth of our own infinite nature. Mm. And uh, so for me, this whole thing is a play. It's yeah. a play. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's a play. It's a it's a. I don't know what to call it. We'll just call it a play. Yeah. And, and, and so how I go through it, how I see it, how I experience even the last year is a deep spiritual reminder of the crazy, insane play that this is. Mm -hmm. And and not that it's not challenging, not that it's not heartbreaking, not that there's no devastation, not that there's not impact, and, and, and not that we just lie there and do nothing, you know, at the same time, right? I, I think we get to accept it, but I think when we can accept the interdependent nature of what it is, so on, on one level, uh, when we accept that, then this domain is perfect. Everything mm. is perfect exactly as it needs to be. Does that mean we sit there and do nothing? No. Does that mean we sit there and just, you know, take it up the ass? No. Does it mean we sit there and 
and and and and let ourselves be controlled? No. Uh, but I think when we really accept the nature of this reality, then we're able to uh, transform our relationship with this reality. Then we can engage this reality and move through this reality and affect change in this reality from a whole different place of non-resistance, from a whole different place of even deeper equanimity, mm. realization, neutrality even, you know, and and because and, when we forget and we think all oh, this shit is real, which it is and it isn't, it's a movie. Is it real? No. Is it real? Yes. Which is it? It's both, you know, but, but so I think when we can see through the illusion of what this is, then we can not disengage, but, but enter it even more freely, enter it even more fully, enter it and, and cry harder and laugh more and engage more and give more and impact more because we see that it's an illusion. Yes. Because we see it's an illusion. And so for me, it's been a deepening spiritually mm. of the nature of reality. Mm. And, and I think that's what really at the deepest level, what we're all in, you know, COVID this, this, that, you know, Illuminati, this, that, that, you know, I mean, it is all what it is, but the bottom line is a movie. Yep. Yep. And, and, and the moment we forget that, then the moment we lose the deeper sense of our, our true freedom. Mm. And, I th and I think the real freedom is to be able to be in this movie, see it for what it is, and play it for them. You know? Right. And, and, and serve the children. And yes. stand for freedom. And, you know, live your purpose. But we can't take ourselves too fucking seriously. You know, and I think that's another mm. deepening. It's a deepening for me, maybe potentially for us all, to mm. not take it too seriously. Mm. You know, because we're in. We're not really in control of this whole play called life. <laughs> and I think if if the last year has been showing us, reminding us, the universe gently evolving us to let go of control, to surrender, which we can talk about. Mm -hmm. We're not really in control, but we're in control, but we're not in control. Yeah, uh -huh, and and, and uh -huh. so, so embracing that, for me, it's been a deepening of embracing, <clears throat> a real embracing of the paradox uh -huh, and, the, uh -huh. and the nature of life and, and also shedding, shed courageously even more, just shedding what's not aligned, shedding mm. who's not aligned, shedding, mm. you know, um, f really learning to, not learning, really, really deepening in mm. free falling. Like, like really, I've been living in a space of what is it, what, what is it to really live uh, free falling in the unknown, you know? And, mm. and, 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 and like, there's a certain level of one spiritual evolution where the first level you're walking on the ground. Then you get a little tightrope when you get a, a, a foot above the ground. Then, okay, well, this is cool. Let me let me read a few more books, manifestation techniques, law of attraction, da, da, da. Oh, I'm going to try and let, you know, levitate on, on, on a tightrope, walk on a tightrope, maybe 10 feet. And eventually you keep going higher and higher. And eventually you're like, well, what if I just like went freaking 660 stories up, you know, and, and, and really did it. And then it's like, well, what if I took the freaking tightrope away and the parachute away? And just free fall and, and and put the shit that I know into practice. And I think I think that's what 
life is giving right. us the opportunity to do. And for me, that's what really what uh, what I've been playing with, just jumping out of the freaking airplane in every area uh-huh. of life and just saying, let's fly. You know, let's, mm. let's, let's really fly. Let's really fly. That's so good. And there's like so many little transition points built into that answer. <laughs> um, one thing I want to come back to, not to go too deep into it, but you brought it up and it's worth mentioning. I've personally investigated so many different elements of you know what's been hidden behind the scenes particularly in 2020 and and going into 2021 my my spirit called me to go very deep into the maya going very deep into what's mm-hmm. been held behind the veil and my research and my own intuition and my spiritual journey has called called me to realize that it very much is like a theatrical production. We're literally watching a scripted movie playing out and to what you said, which is interesting. And it's also happening too. It's being projected on a projector screen and it's fully scripted. And it's also happening at the same time. And that's been an interesting juxtaposition because I've definitely been shattered on the riverbank of reality. I've, I've had my heart shattered when I discovered what has happened to the children in the world. I've, 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 and I've allowed myself to go there, uh, of, you know, through necessity, just to feel what is befallen us on this planet. And, and my own, you know, I think individually, this, this is the best way I can explain it. The collective situation is a, is a collective outpicturing of the individual soul situation. So what I felt for me was that it wasn't so much that I was processing what was going on in the world. It was actually reverberating through me. It was, it was moving through me in my own spiritual process and breaking that ego control, self-identity, who I thought I was, what I thought I was doing on this planet, whatever, all that, all the structures, it was breaking down all the structures and causing me to go into the deepest heartbreak I could imagine. And what's emerged out of that is the most sincere, authentic version of me um, that, that I've ever experienced. And also, you know, this, this, this point that you made, it's, it's really, it's so interesting. It really is attuning to the paradox yeah right like there like ha- there mm-hmm. has to be like, like like in order for uh let me pick someone in, in order for mandela to exist there has to be there had to be apartheid mm. so without apartheid mm. there's no mandela right With, we, yeah. we, we we love greta and that's not, I'm not saying I'm condoning apartheid. Let's just be very yeah. clear about that. It's the, it's you know, polarity. But, but it's the polar, it, it, it's the interdependent polaric opposite, you know? So without climate change, there would be no Greta, you know? With, with, without, without Judas, without Judas, there would be no Jesus. Right. There would be no Jesus. So on some level in this domain, Judas is a necessary, mm-hmm. you know, component, polaric component in order for Jesus to exist. Yes. And I think when we can embrace that, that's not to say, you know, apartheid is right or racism is right. Yeah, that's but, right. But, yeah. but, 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 but in this domain, what we have to understand is I tell people don't look for peace out here. Don't look for peace out here. 
because real peace doesn't exist out here. This is the realm of the transitory, the temporary, the up and down, it, it, it's all of it. And real harmony, I think, and real peace lies at the depth of our being beyond duality. Mm-hmm. And real harmony, uh, real harmony for me doesn't, uh, is not the absence of conflict. Real mm-hmm. harmony is not like not having this or not having that. Real harmony is the ability to embrace the totality of this dimension, the totality, the full spectrum, the full range of it all, you know, and embrace that. Because even if you look at the the uh, the yin yang sign, the Tao, in in the black there's a white dot, and in the yeah. white there's a black dot. It contains the whole. And so, to me, this realm is consciousness manifesting itself as the multiplicity of form. And consciousness, thus, if everything arises from consciousness, consciousness seeking to experience itself as all flavors and all possibilities of existence. It's like the it, dark and the light actually need, like the hero and the villain in the mythological, I want, I want, they, they need each other. They need, they, not only do they need each other, one wouldn't exist without, without each other. But what we, I think, have to do, are being invited to do in this spiritual initiation and seminar that is this last year is a yes. freaking enlightenment intensive we are yes. in is we have to go beyond the duality yeah we have to to find the place that transcends duality mm. not out here but within ourselves and when we find that within ourselves that doesn't mean we can't save the children that doesn't mean we can't feed the poor that doesn't mean it doesn't mean we say well it's all God. It's all perfect. No, right. it, it, but 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 we don't go into it with resistance. And I think right. when we go into it with resistance, into try to change shit with resistance, we tend to reinforce the things we're trying to change because we we are still in 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 a resistance dualistic mm. modality of trying to shift things. So so for yeah. me. This, this, the invitation of these times is for us to go deeper within ourselves, deeper within ourselves to the depth of what we are and who we are beyond duality, so we can find that freedom that has always been there, that is not dependent on what's out here, on function, on form, and from that free place, go into the world and be free in the world and affect change from a place of freedom. Because mm-hmm. if if I'm not free and you're not free and we're, you know, messed, we're, we're sort of indiv- divided within ourselves, yes. divided, divided from our own, at least the illusion of the, being separated from our own divinity, how, how the hell are we going to go out and bring peace in the world <laughs> from a place of internal division and internal conflict and internal self-hate and shame and guilt and what have you, right? And so I think the best thing we can do to truly impact, and you said it perfectly, the world that we see is really a mirror, projected mirror manifestation of, I would say, the collective consciousness of the totality of all of us combined. So we can say, well, the world is this and the world is that and it's screwed up and president, this is messed up and that's messed up and this premise and that. But but the bottom line and terrorism and the the, the deeper reality is if the world is a mirror 
and a projection of our consciousness, then there is no world out there. Yeah. There's just the world in here that's projected out there. So when we look at the world out there and we look at the leaders and we look at the presidents, we look at the prime ministers and we get triggered and we get upset, we're really in relationship and responding to aspects of ourselves yeah. mm-hmm. that we're, that mm-hmm. we're not mm-hmm. at peace mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And so if we really want to make a difference, it's easy to look at some president and go, that person is, you know, this and they're a jerk. But, but the fact that we're triggered and reactive is showing us. Yeah what the mirror is. So I think if we really want to do our part during this time is we look at the world, the terror, the terrorism, the brutality, the the war, the division, and we turn it inside and say, how is this a projection of me? Where where am I not in integrity? Where am I lying? Where am I dropping bombs of self-hatred within myself? Where am I being racist within myself? Where where am I in denial of my own divinity within myself? And, And where am I divided within myself? And how can I do the work to bring the shadow to the light and bring loving to those places of darkness inside? Because we all have them as human beings. And I think that's what we can all do. And if I do my part, and yes. you do your part, yes. and everyone does that. The thing is, most people, we're not doing our part. Everyone's pointing to someone else, trying to fix someone else. But I think this is giving us the time for the self-reflection, yeah. for a reset opportunity to do that in a world. And if yeah. I change, you change, we change, she changes, Susie changes, and we all do that, then we'll sh- we will slowly but surely shift the the fabric, the collective fabric of consciousness mm. on the on the planet, mm. you know, and, and it's 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 happening. I mean, I think what's happening on one level is a beautiful purification. Yes, it's a, it's, <laughs> no it's a purging. It's a purging. It's a detox. And for any real healing process, the shit that was buried in the depth of our psyche and subconscious has to come up. Yes. And that's what we're seeing, all the stuff that was hidden, all the truths that were hidden, all the things politically, societally that was hidden. We're seeing it, and it's not pretty. It's kind of ugly. It's kind of shocking. But it has to come up to be purged, to be looked at, to be owned, to be faced, to be loved, to be embraced, to Mm. be integrated, to then be transcended into, into the light that we essentially have always been, but maybe forgot, you know? This is the work. I think this is the time we're in. This is the work. It's an intense time. It's a challenging time. We will have to let go of all the illusions Mm. that we've held, not just about the world, as you'll say, all the illusions about reality, but the illusions that we've held about ourselves. Yes. As less than divine, as less than whole, as less than sovereign, as less than free, right? And I think that's the invitation of, of... that we're being invited to to rise up. I think it's it's the invitation, and at some point, it's the full blown force of nature. If we don't accept the invitation, it's it's like we're either going to go kicking or screaming, or we're going to go with a smile on our face, knowing that we're moving towards our divine evolution. And, and one thing I wanted to mention that was one of the best perspectives that I got as I was going deep down the conspiratorial investigations. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have a knack for this kind of thing. And, and, um, you know, really sussing it out from many different layers and dimensions. And as I got to the the conclusion point of that particular, uh, personal journey, I came to this realization that ultimately those sock puppets 
those figures, those, those caricatures over there. And I went through all the different bloodlines and all the different people and trying to figure out who are these people really, and what's the deal. And I came to this discovery that ultimately each one of them represents an unresolved aspect of self, which is probably why I was so fascinated with it from a spiritual perspective. I didn't care about the person themselves. It was, it kind of tripped me out a little bit to go down the whole like rabbit hole, <laughs> but I was tuning into like, what's my fascination really about in right, this whole right, thing? Right, it's, right. it's something very deep and almost archetypal. And then I, I came to that. And when I came to that realization, I, it was like this moment of like integration, this acceptance. And then all of a sudden I felt relief and I was like, okay, interesting. So this, so it just keeps coming back to me then what's, what's coming up inside of me that needs to be explored and in, in uh, integrated. Yeah. You know, and I, I was uh, having this experience too. I don't know when it was maybe last year, but you know, it, it, if everything is arising from consciousness and consciousness is the source of all and consciousness is the source of all existence, consciousness manifesting as a multiplicity of form, in that sense, everything is God. Mm-hmm. Everything is divine, the, the good and the bad. <laughs> and, and, and from that sense, if this whole play mm-hmm. is really a one one man show, a one woman wow, show. Wow, wow, that's you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a one, it's a one man show. So the 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 hero and the villain really being played by the same <laughs> actor. Huh. You know that, that the person that breaks your heart, the person mm. that shits on you, the person that betrays you, the person that you love the most, Ooh. that serves your evolution and awakening through the heartbreak, through Ooh. the pain. that in the moment can seem so painful. But when all is said and done and we wake up to the true self, we wake up to what's real or at the point of death when the veil is, you know, drops for a moment and we, 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 we meet each other in that place out beyond right and wrong as Rumi talks about. And we see like, Hey, Hey, wow. You know, we're going to look at the, 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 the person that fucked us up the most. And it's like, Ronnie, bravo, man. What a what a performance! (laughs) And then Ronnie takes off his masks, right? And Uh then it's like, it's me, Uh, it's me. And uh, then Coot takes off his mask. It's like, holy shit, it's me! And then everyone (laughs) takes off their mask, and we realize it's just the divine actor, the divine actor playing it all so well that we forget. Plays it so well that we even forget that it's a play that is a is a cosmic oscar you know and so to me the real freedom is can we wake up to that right here and not get sucked in to the maya okay the conspiracy this happened over there. that happened okay because because i you know look and I, i'm not saying there's not some truth to some of the conspiracy stuff okay it, it, it's easy for, for, for people to say well ah that's some conspiracy theory bullshit and I know some folks that go real deep into conspiracy that also yep. can get sucked into the illusion and Maya of the absolutely. conspiracy yeah, absolutely. and forget the play underneath it because ultimately if it's all a manifestation of one source, cosmic source, energy, consciousness playing it all, it's just one divine actor doing playing the victim and the villain. Playing yeah. Trump, playing Biden, yep. playing Obama, playing yep. Oprah, playing, you know, playing it all. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think when we can wake up to that play as we watch the play while being played as the player of the play, it, it creates a whole new relationship with yeah. this thing, you know? And that's an interesting freedom that I really believe we, we're being shaken into. Like, wake the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Wake, wake up and remember, like, see through the illusion. Wake yeah. up and remember that there's only, can you see it? Oh, kind of, oh, no, no, I'm back in it. Wake up. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the freedom to be in the world, but not off the world. You know, it's really interesting, Ku, going through this entire process that I'm alluding to, that you're speaking to, what's really fascinating for me is that it has literally brought me to God. Like not an idea about a concept, about a mental projection of God, but in through different medicine ceremonies and things and what what was broken down inside of me, it literally brought me in to my knees in a state of involuntary repentance to that which I know is, is God in my own experience. And it was this whole process of basically deconditioning and deprogramming the culture of the illusion that had been thrusted upon all of us that we have been swimming in since we were born on the, in this incarnation. And yeah. so I, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting perspective to just see that we've, we've, we've been going through a deconstructive process. Right. And I I think that's really what spirituality is, right. It's, it's not necessarily like productive in this, in the sense that we're producing and building and building. It's very, it's like Adi Ashanti said that spirituality is a deconstructive process. It's a subtraction, Uh not, not simply an addition. It's a, it's a subtraction. It's, it's, it's called cosmic math. We're, we're (laughs) subtracting what isn't. Mm. that we have identified as what is it's a subtraction and that's that's the freedom you know yeah so that that i guess that brings us into there's two things i want to talk about and they're tied together um self-mastery because that's really been my life journey when i really think about it that has been my life journey raised as a martial artist you know i got bruce lee right back there on the wall that's my surrogate role model since i was four years old and um, and then this this concept of surrender, which is which is the theme of your new book. And um, so I just want to we'll, we'll tie those two to we'll just put those two out there. But I want I want to touch on the surrender principle. That's ultimately what we're talking about right now is the antidote really to it. suffering. Really and, and so the way I want to just set this up real quick and let you run with it. When people hear surrender, talk about surrender, I hear people say, you just got to surrender, right? It's almost like it sounds like it makes sense, but not really when people talk about it. And it's, it's, to me, it's a more sophisticated equation than just simply like, oh, okay, I'm going to surrender. I'm just going to sit in my chair. <laughs> I'm just going to let everything fall apart. Um, I want to, I want to get your perspective on like, like almost like a formula or just your perspective okay. on what sure. true surrender actually means below the surface. Sure. Um, what I want to say, and I'll give you, I'll give you, there is no formulas, but I'll give you a formula, even though yeah. there's no formulas, <laughs> just, just right. to kind of provide right. a, fra- provide a, a framework, framework, framework. Thank you. Um, we are all as human beings in a process of surrender. 
So I just want you to get, if you're listening, you cannot be in not in surrender. Mm. Mm. Once you get that, that just you can just relax. That's because just by the fact that you're born, whether you're Pablo, Pablo Escobar, El Chapo, the, you know, or, or Mother Teresa, Oprah, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, fucking, you know, Koch brothers, whoever, Ronnie, Coop, just the fact that you're alive and you're human, you are being surrendered and you're in a process of surrender. The human process is a process of surrender, whether you like it or not. You can surrender now. You can surrender tomorrow. You can surrender at death. Who knows? You can surrender next lifetime. But there's only one outcome. That is to be surrendered. That's it. So when you understand that life is a process of surrender, you start seeing that surrender is actually what, even if you don't even think about surrender, it's actually hardwired into your body physiology. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It's hardwired. That's just the divine reminding you, hey, this is the game. The game is surrender. Surrender is the passport to freedom. It's the key. How is it hardwired? You breathe in. Now hold that. Just gonna hang out. It's only a matter of time, Ronnie. You know, you're playing with me here, but see, now you got it. You have to, you have to breathe out. It's up. You can't just go breathe, breathe, breathe. At some point, yeah, you have to. That's surrender, right? The surrender hardwired uh, into your breath. Mm, mm. You, the exhale, the letting go, the release is just divine reminding you, hey, this is the nature of reality, the nature of life, the nature of the moment. And as we get older, even, right? No matter how healthy we are, as we get older, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, we are moving the edges of it, 60, 70, 80, the body will change. It does change. It's just, it's just normal. 80, 90, you know, the hair turns gray, the hair falls out, the body gets older, 100, okay, maybe 150. Mm. It, it's not going to be the same as it was when we were 20 and 30. So, so we're being surrendered, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. We are being mm -hmm. surrendered. And so it's not a matter of if. It's really a matter of how you choose to participate in the process of surrender that is happening. Yeah. all day long are you going to resist it or are you going to fully participate with it one is going to be more painful one is going to be more fluid and maybe more joyous and maybe more blissful as we move along mm. and so in our culture today surrender i think there is a misconception in surrender several misconceptions which is why i was excited to write the book this was not the book i thought i was going to write by the way i thought i was going to write another book and so i had to surrender to the book that was actually seeking to be written and when i surrendered things flowed and so there's a misconception of surrender this idea of surrender being weak surrender being passive that surrender means giving up waving the white flag that surrender means uh, being taken advantage of, you know, being a doormat, right? And mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily a great connotation of surrender, or, or we have this idea of this Indian guru on the mountaintop, and that means you give up all of everything in your life and, and sell everything and move to Peru, be a shaman or something like that. And so is that surrender? And so for me, the idea that if you surrender, you won't be able to manifest your goals, dreams, desires, purpose. It's a myth. I'm saying, what if you surrender and you got more? 
Yeah. What if you surrender and life life gave you more than you could have planned, imagined, visualized, affirmed, wrote in your journal, drew on your poster board? What if you actually got more, more, more than you could imagine? So just to break it down, surrender on one level is a letting go. Yes. Letting go of what's no longer aligned. What's no longer aligned mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, relationship-wise? Surrender is a letting go of that. Surrender is when we stop trying to force and manipulate life to conform to our limited idea of our own identity and ego, limited idea of what we think and how we think life should be. To surrender is to give up the idea of who we think we should be based on society and media and family and et cetera, et cetera. To surrender is to let go of the idea or preconceived idea of the life that we think we should be living yeah. rather yeah. than an opening to the life that is happening now and the deeper, deepest impulse of what life is seeking to express. The surrender, you see, to me is to not is the willingness. It's not laziness. It's not passivity. It's, it's, to, it's to have the courage to be who you truly are, to not compromise who you are and to stand for what you know is right. To surrender mm. is mm. to have the courage to, 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 to commit and love fully despite the risks to surrender takes courage it's the most powerful thing that we can do oh, man. So yeah yeah to, sur to surrender is actually a shift in paradigm and i think we are being initiated as a species right now underneath what's happening to this different way of being different way of living different way of operating what i mean by that is the old paradigm is really an ego-based model of living and creating life. Yep. It's all about, it's all, it's all been about ego power, personal power, identity power, self power, me power, small I power. And it's all about what is it? Here's the question that we ask in that old paradigm, which is which a lot of self-help books and spiritual books teach this old paradigm. But I think we're cracking open to a new way which is why this time is very powerful. The, the question is, what do I want? Well, that's the old paradigm. Set your goals. Yeah, you gotta yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta know the your secret. Goals. The secret. God and is a vending machine. And, and, and yeah, God is Santa Claus. God is a vending machine. And, and, and it's going to just conform to whatever you think. But here's the thing. You might get what you thought you wanted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then two things. You realize it's not that satisfying. Or you get what you thought you wanted, only to realize that what you thought you wanted is not what you really wanted. It's just what you thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. That's and painful. many times we, it's painful. Sometimes it's actually painful to get what you thought you wanted because now, at least when you were in the pursuit of it, you had the, the, the future fantasy of a hope of that it was going to fulfill you. Now you've achieved it and the hope is gone. That could be even more depressing. Yep. And what we don't realize from this old paradigm is many of the goals that we are setting and we've been taught to set are really a projection of our unmet needs from our childhood. Daddy didn't love us. We weren't seen. We weren't valued. We feel insecure. We feel not enough. So if I can just get that car, get that house, get that career, be famous, et cetera, et cetera, then I'm going to be okay enough and fulfilled. Then that's going to compensate for what I wasn't. So even many of our goals aren't necessarily authentic, truly authentic and aligned. Surrender and the paradigm of surrender is really about a different question. It's moving from personal mm -hmm. power to, we'll call it soul power. And the question that we start asking in this paradigm 
is what is it that life wants to express through me? What is it that the universe wants to express through me? What is the deepest impulse of what my soul is seeking to express through me? And it's really about allowing ourselves to open to this vision, to open to being lived, to open to being used, to open to being a vessel. And a lot of people might think, well, can, can, can you still manifest that way? Can you still? It's actually, I believe when you surrender and you truly open to being used by life, life itself begins to manifest through you in ways that, that transcend your own human ego, personal power, potential. You tap into an infinite possibility and potential of life beyond your own self that starts living you, that starts manifesting you, then you're truly in the flow. Then you can align your strategy, your resources, your money, your actions around the authentic impulse of your soul. And that's when you see Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, Greta, Malaya, you know, Oprah. That's when the magic really, really happens. And so I tell people, there comes a point if we're really evolving, truly evolving and growing as souls in this process of life, where the life that you have created starts becoming too small mm. for, what, for what your soul is seeking to become. Mm, 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 mm -hmm. This is a sign of growth. What we tend to do yeah. as human beings is we hold on. We hold on to what we know out of fear, out of comfort, out of safety, out of self-preservation, out of familiarity, but holding on to what we what's no longer aligned just keeps us stuck. And so part of surrender is the willingness to shed the old, which is what we're doing, what we're in a process of right now, that invitation, a willingness to let go of the old, the willingness to truly embrace the new. And so surrender to me is the key to the great ones. I'm gonna give you the formula you're asking for, even though it's not a formula one, I'm gonna give you the formula, okay? Seven simple, seven simple phases of mm, surrender. I like phases more than steps. Exactly. Yeah. So fa phase one is denial. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> you know, a lot of people are in denial about, about themselves, about who they are, about what they want, about the oh, way yeah. life is. And so denial is what you don't even know. You're just living out the conditioning of parents, life, society, what you've been told. Maybe the life you're living, you don't even know if it's the life you want. It's just the life kind of you've been thrust into and you're just continuing that that momentum of karma from from mm. gen generations yes so denial you're just kind of unconscious uh, 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 a percentage of population is living in the sort of unconscious denial phase right then the next phase becomes you start questioning a little bit maybe you listen to the podcast you start reading some books you're like well maybe things aren't the way they seem maybe what I'm doing is not what I'm meant to be doing. Maybe what I believe about God and religion, maybe it's not what I believe. I know my parents believe that, my grandparents believe that, and everyone before me believed that, but maybe there's more. Maybe my purpose, maybe there's more for, to my purpose. So we start questioning. But in that questioning, ego gets activated, right? The sense of identity of who we think we are that gets reinforced over time and has gotten reinforced over time that we hold on to for a sense of self based on memories and beliefs and past, ego gets activated and we start the next phase. We start to resist. So we move from denial, questioning, and we start resisting. The resistance is the form way of the, the ego tries to preserve itself and hold on to the familiar. And many times we resist our whole lives. 
as human beings, whether we know it or not, all we're freaking doing is resisting. We're resisting all day long that we are divine, that we are infinite with right. all our with all our patterns. That, right. That's really what. If we didn't resist, we would just wake up in the spontaneous, you know, already uh, already enlightenment. Right. That would be the nature of what is. But we're resisting in so many ways, and so resistance <clears throat> is the next phase. After a moment of resisting, could be day, months, years, decades. We start moving into the phase of negotiation. <laughs> we begin negotiating. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe Ronnie, maybe, maybe my relationship's not so bad. Maybe, maybe, maybe I can make it work. When deep down we know, oh, we know, it's <laughs> not a line. Uh -huh. <laughs> maybe I don't have to give that thing up. Maybe I can stay in my job and do my thing. So, so we start negotiating even our purpose and our destiny. There comes a moment where sometimes people negotiate an entire lifetime and life passes, which is really sad because then we end up dying with so many of our gifts inside of us. So the negotiation phase lasts however long it lasts, but it comes a moment when we've negotiated enough and we begin to realize no matter how much we negotiate, nothing will change. Life won't change. Everything will be the same. Your partner's not gonna change. Your kid's not gonna change. Your parents not gonna change. The president's not, life's not going to change. You're not going to change. This is the way it is. Then reality hits. So you move from negotiation to the next phase, where hopefully you move into the next phase of acceptance. The next phase is acceptance. You're like, okay, this is what it is. It is what it is. I am what I am. They are what they are. Life is what it is. The world is what it is. This is what it is. Yeah. This is a very powerful phase to move into because it's only when we move into acceptance that we can begin to get into relationship with reality as it is. Then we can maybe decide what to do to shift reality. But while we're resisting reality, it's hard to shift reality. So this phase of acceptance is key. However, acceptance is not surrender. Right. Acceptance. And many times people stop <laughs> in acceptance thinking, oh, I'm surrendered, and they're not. Now mm -hmm. I'm going to make clear. So acceptance mm -hmm. is not surrender. In acceptance, you can be in acceptance, but still be mad, pissed off, and still suddenly resisting. You can be in acceptance and not participating fully, hands crossed, like, okay, I accept who my wife is, but I hate who she is. I don't want her to be, and I'm going to withhold my love until she changes. I accept who she is, but I'm not going to love fully. That could be an example. You're accepting but you're not participating fully. You're not heart open fully. You're not engaged fully. Like, let's say you want to go outside with, 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 with your family and, and, and go to the beach and you get all ready and it starts pouring down with rain or it starts snowing and now you're pissed off and mad at God that it's snowing and the experience I'm having is not the experience I should be having. Why the hell is it? And so maybe you still go outside, but you're mad that it's not sunny outside. You accept it, but you're not fully heart open yeah so surrender is the open-hearted participation with the experience and the process that is happening the open-hearted mm. so, so so you can go through this whole pandemic blah 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 whatever you want to call it time right you can go through this time like this mad upset pissed off i accept it but i it, 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 i i hate what's happening and not open-hearted surrender is saying okay this is what's happening I don't like it. I wish it were different. Some things are a little messed up, but 
I am going to use this time for the highest evolutionary, you know, growth for my soul. And I'm going to dive in and embrace whatever I need to embrace during this time to grow and evolve. That is surrender. So surrender is the open-hearted participation with the process and experience. In order to really move into that, one thing that's helpful is recognizing that we are souls. We are ultimately spiritual beings and souls, that we are evolving. We incarnate into this human experience to grow, to learn, to evolve. Every experience of our life is the curriculum for our soul's evolution, and life is a university for our soul. Life is soul school. When we really see as human beings, we've been conditioned to look at life from just the goal line, one dimensional success, failure, achievement, failure, good grades, bad grades. But if we shift and recognize that we are first and foremost souls, and if life is the evolutionary process for our souls awakening so that we can remember who and what we truly are and live that love in the world, then we're able to, to, even if the situation is challenging, the relationship is difficult, what we're going through is a little messed up, rather than staying stuck on the surface, then we're able to see through the lens of the soul, solistically, solely through the lens of the soul. Then we're able to deepen our perspective while we're going through that experience and say, what is the lesson that my soul is seeking to learn in this situation? in this messed up situation. Yeah. What is my soul seeking to learn in this very, 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 very difficult, toxic, challenging relationship? Then we can surrender to the lesson yeah. and, the learn and the learning because all lessons are repeated until learned. But when we learn the lesson where we are with who we're with, that's when we, that's when we graduate and transcend our experience. Between acceptance and surrender, here's the key, final key. The phase that most people miss is grieving. Right, grieving. right. Most people miss the phase, Ronnie, of grieving mm -hmm. for a few reasons. Grieving is to acknowledge the feelings because you see, surrender is a death. Surrender is a letting go. Surrender is a release. Surrender is a letting go of who you thought you were, an identity, dreams that didn't happen. It's a letting go. And in any letting go, there is a, a, a grieving process. It's a death. And many times we don't truly allow that grieving. To grieve is to allow that those feelings to move through so that you can open to the new. But as human beings, we're not uh, taught to grieve and how to grieve. So what we do, we're afraid to grieve because we're afraid if I start grieving, it's going to last forever. If I start grieving, it will overwhelm me. You know, sometimes we, here's the sneaky thing. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves to grieve. The ego sneaky. Because if I don't allow myself to grieve, then I don't have to acknowledge the reality that maybe yes. it's over or yes. the person has died and I can, in my mind, still hold on to them. And so not grieving can be a way to hold on mm. as well. The other reason we sometimes don't grieve is a spiritual bypass. Yep. We want to, you know, yep. hey, it's not a high vibration. I want to stay in a high vibration, love, light, love, light, you know, love, attraction. Oh, and so we suppress the grief, yeah. but we don't realize that that energetic frequency of grieving simply stays stored in our psyche, in our physiology, in our hearts. And then as we move forward in life, we carry that frequency and energy with us and recreate situations or keep ourselves stuck because we're carrying this old unresolved energy from the past.
I really believe that the quickest way to manifest what you want is not to try to make shit happen. Yeah, but it's, yeah. to, it's to let the old energy and vibration of grief, of sadness, or whatever from wow. the old go. Wow, wow, then, yeah. Then, then we begin to vibrate higher. And as we vibrate higher, as our frequency vibrates higher, we begin to attract to us uh, situations, people, experiences that are a vibrational match. Grief is the portal to true surrender. Because when you grieve it, you release the old, then you open to the new, and all feelings remain present until fully felt. So we've got mm, acceptance, mm. grieving, surrender. Once you fully surrender, then you then you move into we'll call it the flow. Yeah, flow is where you find yourself in synchronicity, where things in your life begin happening without you making them happen. You know, things in your things in your life start just unfolding and happening, and you're just riding the flow, and that's when you know you're in the magic of surrender zone. Man, okay, so the big thing that came up for me in that, among other things, but the grieving piece. This last couple months, I've done a lot of grieving, like a lot of deep grieving. Didn't even know where, like, pat, like literally grieving past life stuff. And the last couple of days, I've been really starting to embrace where I'm at in my life and the necessity to face my own death. Yeah, like I've I've been in multiple life or death situations. Um, you know, I've I've I have faced situations. But this deeper thing inside of me of actually mm. facing head on the dragon in the lair of the subconscious mm. mind, facing my own death, facing my own mortality. And so this has been coming up lately. And so you and in, in when you said grieving is a, an essential part of this process, it made me really want to ask you, OK, let's let's take the rest of the time or whatever time we have. Yeah, left we're good. We're actually, good. yeah, to actually like help us all face okay. and embrace this topic of our own mortality. You know, one thing I want to say about grieving and feeling yeah. and connecting it to death is one of the ways to, to, to grieve is we have to, on a simple level, create the space in our life for that. Yes, that, that's one, because we're so busy, 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 busy running that we sometimes don't have the space to drop in to the deeper dimension of grief. Sometimes we're grieving something and because we're going so fast in our life and we haven't given the space at that time to grieve the death of that situation or relationship or what have you. We don't even know that we're grieving. We're not and even we're, present we're, to it. We're not. We, we don't even know that we're carrying grief. No, cool. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's right. until we fall down and collapse. There's a storm get, going on inside of me, but I'm fine. We don't even know. And right. so I would just say, as a first step, create the space and the time in life to honor the grief, not to wallow in it, but just to acknowledge it, honor it, and move through. Remember, all feelings remain present till fully felt. But here's the key. Then how do you feel? How do you feel? Because many times people think that they're feeling, but they're not really feeling. Could I felt this and I felt it. You haven't felt it. You've been exactly. Many times people have been thinking about the grief, thinking about the emotion, telling themselves stories about why that shouldn't happen, why that was bad, why that was wrong, but they haven't been truly 
authentically feeling it. And that's why the, the cycle of that emotion feeling doesn't dissolve and wow. we carry it with us. So what I would just encourage people to do as maybe a pointer that might help is take the label off of the emotion. Grief, sadness, you know, uh, resentment, guilt, take the label because sometimes these emotions are laced with judgments and preconceived ideas as to what these emotions mean based on our childhood and our conditioning. But if we can take the label off and just say, okay, I have this grief, take the label off. Now I have it as, have it as a sensation or, or, or feeling because every emotion has a sensation. It has a sensation that moves through warm, hot, cold, you know, a texture. So yeah. if you're, you're then able to take the label off and just experience the feeling as a sensation in your body mm. and be with the feeling as the sensation in your body so that you can allow yourself to be with it without judgment, rationalization, or trying to get rid of it, then you can fully touch the feeling as a sensation and experience it. And when you experience it, you will find that every feeling has its own natural cycle. And as you're experiencing it as a sensation in your body, allowing it to move and do what it does, it will begin at least the layer of that. And some feelings have more than one layer. The layer of that will begin to move. That's when you begin feeling, truly feeling your feelings and things begin to move. The cycle begins to complete and many times we're not we're not doing it so that's just something i would say to help someone move through the feeling of resistance of pain of hurt of guilt of shame and so you mentioned death the bottom line we're all gonna die <laughs> you know i i think part yeah this might be stepping on some toes but hey ronnie i know that uh, you're, you're a bold man look the bottom line i think part of why one aspect of what has freaked out humanity in the last year is we have come face to face at least a bit more you know consciously with death pandemic death this thing oh my god we're gonna die you're gonna die you're gonna die you can die. Ah! and we're all like oh, i'm gonna die you were gonna fucking die anyway and we were gonna die and people were dying all day long it just wasn't in your face 24 7 with a ticker yeah, yeah. and the news and the media yeah, yeah, saying yeah, yeah, you're gonna yeah. die you're gonna die you're gonna die but it was the reality every day right now i mean I, I had the stats i don't have them now but every day right now gazillions of people die of cancer every day right now gazillions of people die of of not having freaking water of not having you know food of so many other things so death is the nature of what is death yeah. is the nature of this moment yeah. with with no death there is no life yeah. with no death there, and so what i think this has gotten triggered is the egoicity of the egoic nature of our identities like i'm gonna die and oh my god you know and, and so the ego gets triggered when coming face to face with death and a disease a pandemic a situation a friend dying what have you puts it in our face and it's in our face. And to me, the issue isn't death. The issue gives us the invitation. I think that's why it's a profound spiritual yeah. Yeah. Uh, invitation to really question, who am I? Mm -hmm. Like, who mm -hmm. am I really? For all the spiritual people that, yeah, I'm infinite, I'm, I'm infinite, I'm divine, I'm divine. Ah! You know, and go free, nothing wrong with it. But now seminar's over, we're in the real world now. 
face to face with death, the question becomes, who am I really? We must use this moment and this time and, and ultimately every moment and this time to question, who am I? And what is it that dies? Am I just this body? Am I just this form? Am I just this thing called Ronnie? And what is a Ronnie? Where is a Ronnie? Is, is, is a Ronnie real? Where does Ronnie come from? Ronnie is a sound. What if your parents called you Johnny or Donnie or Tommy, but they called you Ronnie? But with Ronnie, right, there is a whole uh, collection of memories, stories, you know, uh, uh, experiences that have that you yeah. have attached to. It's like Ronnie, right? So when that thing is threatened, when Ronnie, it, Ronnie, it, Ronnie Ness gets threatened, it's like ah, I'm gonna die. But we have to question. We will not be free until we question, deeply investigate. Who am I, and what am I? Mm -hmm. Am I just this body? Am I just this body? And I think this time is given us this, this spiritual intensive to like question, because the degree to which we are afraid of death and live in that fear, the degree to which we're not free to truly be alive. Mm -hmm. We're not free to truly be alive. When my mother passed away, 2017, I got to spend an entire year with my mother. Mm. flying back and forth from Los Angeles to LA. Most challenging year of my life, the best year of my life. Because I went back to London the first few weeks to try and heal her, to try and save her life. Green juice, supplements, you know, was going, and she didn't even care. She, honestly, she really didn't. And wow. I realized she's going to die. I realized before the doctor said, I'm like, she's going to die. And there's nothing that I can do that will save this woman, nothing. She's gonna die. And we tried, she did chemo. I was with her during the whole time. The doctors finally said to her, and during this time, Ronnie, she was in such peace. When I mean peace, I'm not talking about spiritual bypass. I'm yeah. talking about, she was just in peace. Like whatever happens, happens. And I looked to her when the doctor said, get your affairs in order, you're going to die. I said, are you afraid? She looked me in the eyes. I'm not afraid. And you can tell when someone's faking, you know, she said, yeah. I'm not afraid. She said, I know I'm not this body. This body is just a vehicle. To me, that's, that's freedom. And I think that's what we all get to question right now. What am I? Who, who am I? Then I asked my mother, is there anything I can do for you? Anything you need, anything you want during this time to make your last days easier? She said, there's nothing I want. I said, what do you want? She looks at me, the simple Japanese woman. And she says, all I really want is what God wants for my life. Wow. And I was like, I didn't have anything to say. I, I realized the depth of her freedom was in the depth of her surrender. Wow. She wasn't attached to living and she wasn't attached to dying. She was surrendered to the highest unfolding for her life. And that was her greatness and that was her freedom. And so we're all gonna die. At least this body will die. This life form will die. There's no way out. <clears throat> if Jesus died, Bruce Lee died, Muhammad Ali died, you and I sure as hell are gonna die. 
that's yep. just that's it. <laughs> that's just it. And so I think the more we can face that and let that burn through, let ourselves meditate on that, feel that, embrace that, breathe into that, make peace with that, it starts freeing us up. We're going to die. And so the question is not whether we're going to die. It's, it's how do we want to live? Yes. And, and I see so many people living in fear. And if you're living in fear, living in the prison of your mind, living controlled by the media, society, et cetera, et cetera, what is the point of living if you're going to live that way? That's not living anyway. And why is it you want to live if how you're going to live is in prison anyway? Like, why is life so precious to live that way mm. when you're not really alive anyway? You yeah. know, and so I think we have to question yeah. and we have to. We have to wake up. That's the bottom line. We have to wake up, you know, and I think this is the, the invitation. And so for me, it's, let's meditate on that. The question yeah. that, who am I? Who am I? Like, am I just this body? Okay, I'm this body. Okay, but if, if we cut your finger off, would you still be you? Would you be less you? If we cut your hand off, would you? And if you're this body, does that mean you're no longer you? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so what am I? You know, and this body that we get so attached to, we're so attached to this body, yet. We waste so much of the life we have, so right? Yeah. <laughs> we're so we so we so we're so afraid of dying, but we waste so much of the life that we have. How how does this schizophrenia <laughs> make sense as human beings? Yeah. You know, and so this body that we have every seven years, as you know, the cells change. So yeah. technically, every seven years, you and I are not the same body that we were seven years ago. And so if you're just this body and this body has changed, it's no longer you, what are you? Who are you? I think this, this is the question that we have to really become intimate with and, and dive deep in, you know, embrace your death, celebrate it. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, and let that, let that, um, let the reality of death inspire you, move you to, to fucking live life, man. Because this life is short. This is mm. so mm. short. When my mother passed away, Ronnie, I would sit in the hospital room with my mother for eight hours during chemo. We would talk about nothing, about life. You know, nothing profound, just chit-chat. And I would, I asked myself, why did I wait till she was dying to sit for eight hours with her? I can't remember the last time I took eight hours just straight to sit with my mother and do nothing and just talk, you know, and all the things that we think are important, all the things we waste time about, all the things we get distracted by, all the things we stress about, when we when, when face to face with the reality of our mortality, doesn't mean a thing, you know? And so for me, mm. the only regret I have in my life and I've done a lot of stuff. The only regret I have is actually not spending more time with my mom. Mm. That's it. It's honestly, that's it. Like that's the, oh, the, the, the trips I plan to take when I had time, you know, yeah. the things I plan to do when I had time. And I realized we could go, we could go any moment. And we know it, don't we? We're like, yeah, yeah, you die. We all die. We have granddad died, grandma died, everyone. But, Somehow, when some when it happens, we're shocked. 
We yep. live like we have forever. <clears throat> and we don't. We really don't. Tomorrow is not a right, it's a privilege. And so I would just invite people, look, if there's something you want to do, do it. If there's something you want to say, say it. Yeah. If there's some shit you've been holding on to, like some grudges that are meaningless, really, in yes. the grand scheme of time, that probably on your death, you will regret not having spoken to that person or your parents, whoever, for, you regret it, like, give it up, call them up, make the phone call, forgive, because this is it, man. This, this is it. There's no dress rehearsals. There's no practice for the thing. This is it. And mm-hmm. so I would just invite people to, to live in a way that if death came, how would you need to live to have no regrets? Yeah, that's like the, it reminds me of the samurai attitude, which is like an honorable death, like how mm-hmm. you actually face death meant everything to them. It was like everything, how they face death in that moment and not to cower, but to embrace it fully with their their head up high, no matter what the circumstance, but to be ready for that moment. Um, it's quite a quite an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what uh, this? I mean, wow. What a what a way to to conclude this conversation, Coot. I'm so grateful for you. Just have so much love and appreciation for you, and uh, you, my friend, are the best ever. So thank you so much. Keep being you, brother. Keep being you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Oh, by the way, of course, where can people dive deeper into your work and also get your book? Yeah, people can get the book. Uh, It's on Amazon, The Magic of Surrender. It's on Amazon. Get the book. Uh, Shoot me a message on Instagram. Let me know you got the book, that you heard it on the show with Ronnie. Um, My Instagram is Coop Blackson. My my Facebook is Coop Love Now, Coop Blackson again. Uh, my website, coopblackson.com. All my info's there. Awesome. Thanks so much, Coop. Thank you.